head imp Left a tech and a nine at my crib Turned himself in, he had to do a bid A one to three, he be home the end of 93 I'm ready to get this paper, G You with me? Motherfucking right My pockets looking kinda tight And I'm stressed, yo Biggie, let me get the vest No need for that and welcome back to the Four Downs Fantasy Football Podcast. We took a little hiatus, got had some busy drafts going on, just a lot of stuff. So we apologize for the small delay, but we are finally back because football is back tonight. Things kicking off with the Packers and Bears and Scott. Are you finally, I know we love to do the drafts, but are you kind of like me and you're kind of like happy to have them done? Because I feel like this past week was just nonstop drafting. Look, it, it's go time. The season's finally here, and, and draft season's grind time. Basically, you're, you're you're doing the grind. You're getting your teams out of the way, helping other people draft teams, in, in some circumstances, and and that's where you're really doing the hard labor and the hard lifting there. So uh, right now, it's time to see the fruits of the labor and see if we're right on a lot of the calls that we made and the predictions and projections that we have for players on the season. So it, it's time to put up or shut up and, and put your money where your mouth's been and. Let's see how these players and these teams do. We're jumping right into it. Uh, we're going to preview um, week one, give a bold prediction or two just for fun so we can look back on it. Uh, but first, just two news notes. Um, kind of not draft-worthy anymore. Um, definitely relevant to your teams um, based on where these guys were going. Number one, Zeke signs his deal six years, $90 million. We kind of expected him to sign. Um, towards the end there, it got a little... Got a little convoluted. We actually kind of got scared off a little bit, but he signed. And um, Scott, really quickly, um, week one, you expect him to be fine? Yeah, I think week one, you're still going to see him get his carries. I, I still have him projected in the 18 to 20 carry range. Uh, I did see a picture. He looks a little out of shape, but we've seen out of shape Zeke before still put up numbers. Uh, I would expect Tony Pollard to be a little bit more involved this week than than what he probably will be going forward. But uh, look, I, I don't think there's going to be any easing Zeke in after they gave him $90 million. They're going to get their money's worth. And Look, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it, but I think this is a horrible move in the meta of the NFL of how to win and how to build a franchise. I just think giving a running back this much money is ridiculous, and I, I don't think it's con- conducive to, to winning in a, a long-term NFL franchise standpoint. So uh, while it's a good move for fantasy standpoint and getting Zeke back on the field, it's going to be horrible for the Cowboys moving forward. There's no way they can sustain giving all these players top five contracts. Now to another player who has definitely uh, he's definitely uh, kind of run the run the mill in the NFL. He's in his age thirty ish season. I, I don't even know. I think he's thirty one. I believe Lashawn McCoy to the Chiefs. Um, before this move, he was going late, late, late in fantasy drafts, and I feel like he went at a value now, Scott. Um, I know we're not really super high on Lashawn McCoy, but. I mean, I, I think this has got to be a big deal, right? Because he might not get a lot of usage, but he's in a great offense to to really help him be a top fantasy back. Yeah, LaShawn McCoy, look, last year he he's saw a decline, especially in efficiency. Uh, Josh Allen hasn't hasn't been real conducive to, to the running backs upside. He, he actually averaged about 15 points per game without Josh Allen. With Josh Allen last year, he was around eight, I think a, a little bit over eight, outside the top 30 in all the efficiency metri- metrics for uh, for running backs. So, look, the, the arrow is definitely pointing down for uh, Shady McCoy, but look, getting cut and going to Kansas City – <laughs> 
if you were one of these guys all season long who was betting on Damian Williams, that that bet is, is not looking quite as sunny as it, it did earlier. I've been off of him, and I was banging the drum to stay away from him, stay clear. It's just not a gamble that I wanted to take with him in the second round. And, and now with Shady McCoy there, that's a cloudy running back situation, especially when you start factoring in Darwin Thompson and, and his upside. So all in all, while it's a good situation to put up fantasy points, it, it's going to be a, a little bit of a headache trying to figure out who's going to be that guy week in and week out. So you might have to wait a couple weeks for things to shake out and see who becomes the lead back. Really quickly, are you kind of in the camp of maybe this could help Damian in a way because maybe now he gets less touches and he stays on the field more? Because we know that in the fantasy landscape, and especially in that offense, Damian could probably put up top 20 numbers if he's getting 10 touches a game. I mean, that's realistic, right? It's really going to be a headache. So if you look at the Chiefs from a historical standpoint within that Andy Reid offense, they average about 24 touches to the running backs per game. So if you're divvying that up between three three players, even if you give Damian Williams, let's just say we give him 14, we give Shady 10, and Darwin picks up three or four, it's just it's going to be a headache as far as like upside, like the ceiling really falls out. I think Damian Williams could have a decent floor and he can still produce with, with that 12 to 14 touches, but the upside is really capped there. And and look, whenever I'm having a player, especially in that offense, I, I want the upside there. And I just think one of these guys is either going to have to get hurt or fall out of the picture as far as the usage standpoint for the other two to really give you a good return on investment on a weekend and week out basis. Sounds good. And let's go to some bold predictions just for fun, Scott. We have, we can do, I guess we can do two each. Would you like to start things off? Do you have any bold predictions you'd love to uh, tell the world that's going to come true? Yeah, my bold prediction is is going to be on a player that I've I've warmed up on more and more as the uh, offseason process has gone and ended up with uh, quite a bit of shares of them on, on a lot of my rosters. But look, I'm going to go hard and Chris Carson, top five running back at the end of the year in uh, PPR. I think you're going to go ahead and see him pass up some of these guys like David Johnson, and I think he's going to be up there. Um, That Seattle offense, they're going to have to move the ball a lot more, and I think they're going to pass the ball more, and I think a lot of that's going to go to Carson. You do have Rashad Penny wandering there in in the shadows, and I think he's still going to get a good good 12 touches a game. But, look, I'm high on Chris Carson right now. I think the upside's there, and uh, I think we'll talk about him here. Look, I I think he's going to be a hell of a play in week one. If week one is any indication of of how it's going to go for him, I think it's going to be a great season. So I have Chris Carson as a top five PPR running back play on a fantasy season. So that's going to be my bold prediction, number one. Let's stay in the running back position. I'll go with mine, uh, my first one. I'm going to go Latavius Murray finishes as a top 12 running back in fantasy. Uh, he's been dropping in drafts. We've seen him go around that running back 30-ish range. A little bit further back now, you're seeing Miles Sanders and guys like that pass him up. But look, here's my thing. You've heard me talk about it. We saw Mark Ingram year after year the, um, with Alvin Kamara finish in kind of in that range he put up that production he was running in an offense that's throwing the ball less they're relying more on the run game and I think look the thing about Latavius that started to scare me is I'm kind of like the divine Ozigbo stan right I I enjoyed what I saw Scott you you kind of shared that 
that that hope in him with me. Uh, the metrics are off the charts, and he gets cut. He goes over to Jacksonville, where he's probably going to have a nice role, especially if Fournette goes down. So Ozigbo's gone. That kind of clears the pathway for Latavius to get his touches. And I think you see what Mark Ingram did. We we saw him work well in fantasy on those 15 touches a game. And I think there's no reason why Latavius can't get the same intake that Ingram was getting and really put it out over a great fantasy year. I think you're looking at a guy who could be a shoe-in running back too when he was going as late as round 11 in some drafts. I mean, I saw him just drop and drop and drop, and it just doesn't make much sense to me. So I think by the end of the year, you're going to be looking at Latavius Murray as a running back one. I think that's a fair, bold prediction. I think that offense is going to cater to his needs. I think we saw him cater to Mark Ingram needs. And while Ingram is more talented than Murray, I think it's all there. Latavius is there, can fall into 40 catches in a PPR league and run for a thousand and score some touchdowns. So I really like Latavius Murray a lot. Um, Scott, your second bold prediction. Well, look, uh, I thought I was coming with a little heat with Chris Carson as a top five running back, but Man, Latavius Murray is uh, top 12. It, it's almost like you're predicting an injury for Kamara, but we'll, we'll see how that, that no, plays out. No, no. Man, it, it's rough. I think I think that's what it's going to take for uh, Latavius to get to we top saw 12. Mark, but but, but, but we, saw Mark, we saw Mark do great things with Kamara. We saw Mark and Kamara being started in leagues together. It, it, it'll be interesting. It's bold, to say the least. So. Well, that's what's with our bold predictions. I hear you. So, <laughs> so I'll switch gears a little bit all season long, especially in the dynasty standpoint. TJ Hawkinson's been a, a guy that that I'm huge on. And look, rookie uh, tight ends do not have a history of doing well, especially from a fantasy standpoint. It's a position that uh, carries a lot of injury risk with it, but it also just takes a little while to to go ahead and adjust. So you've seen guys uh, across the board the last few years, rookie tight ends just have not done it. I think TJ Hawkinson is the best tight end prospect in the last decade going back to Gronk. So I'm going to go ahead and and go TJ Hawkinson top four tight end by the end of the year. I mean, I I think the talent's there. I liked what I saw out of him during the preseason. It is preseason, and it's just, it's one of those things. I start looking at this this offense here in Detroit and start factoring in how they're going to function. I think TJ Hawkinson's going to be a huge part of that. Uh, I look at his athletic profile. He ran a 4.7 at his size. That's good production. I just think it's going to be a huge year for TJ Hawkinson. So I'm going to go ahead and throw that bold prediction out there and hope that it comes true because I have a lot of them in Dynasty. Definitely, definitely talented. I think that's someone who we, you really can't disagree with is going to be a star at the tight end position. But my thing is this. Are you concerned at all with how the Lions did not use Eric Ebron literally at all? The issue for me with the Lions and Eric Ebron, that's a whole different coaching staff. So it's a different regime. Look, whenever you spend top 10 draft capital on a tight end, he's going to be a huge part of your plan. Add in the blocking so he's not a guy that's going to be coming off the field. I just think the versatility is there within the run game for him to stay on the field, within the passing game to, to both line up in the slot, out wide, in line as a traditional tight end. I think he has the overall package and the overall game just to transition well to the NFL. I haven't seen or heard anything of the contrary throughout the preseason from camp 
there with the Lions. The beat reporters have all loved him. He's, his usage has been consistent with what they've seen at practices, everything that's coming from the coaching staff. So all directions are pointing up for TJ Hawkinson, whether he's a rookie or not. I just think he's going to be a big part of this offense, and the sky's the limit for him as a rookie. You know Eric Ebron was a top 10 pick, right? Different regime, different player. <laughs> no, I know. Fair to say. I think um, I, I think I love Hawkinson as well. And I really started towards the end of the draft season. I started drafting him later if I kind of went zero tight end. So super bold, though. Um, I think that rivals Latavius Murray bold because you're basically saying that one of he's going to finish above of like the O.J. Howard, Hunter Henry, Jared Cook range of guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. Look, he, he's that late-round dart throw that I think has that upside. You want to bet on these young athletic guys as far as the tight end position goes. And, and look, O.J. Howard is definitely a guy that, that can be up there. But, but yeah, there's a, there's a whole group there with Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, O.J. Howard. There's a lot that can happen there. But I'm going to go, like I said, bold predictions here. So that's my bold prediction. Number two is T.J. Hawkinson, tight end four. So my bold prediction is kind of more towards the NFL side of things, but it's going to have the, the definitely the play in fantasy. So my bold prediction is going to be that Juju Smith-Schuster breaks the NFL record for receptions in a season. That's 143 by Marvin Harrison. Juju's going to break the NFL records reception for receptions in a season. little tongue twister there. And then that's going to make him be number one player in fantasy football. Uh, number one wide receiver, I should say. So we know Juju's going to get the targets, right? I think you you lose Antonio Brown, you gain Dante Moncrief, who has been mediocre at best in his really in his career. James Harrison, who did not impress his rookie year. So I think there's a lot of big what-ifs in that offense to replace what Antonio Brown put out. And I think Juju is going to be the beneficiary of that. I think you look at um, nine catches a game would put him at 144 receptions, which would break, break that record. And I think he's going to have a tremendous year, a record-breaking year. Marvin Harrison, in the year that he broke that record, had 205 targets. I really think it's possible for Juju to get 200 targets. I think that's totally in the realm of possibility. You look at what he did last year, and now you, you lose Antonio Brown, right? So if 40 more of those targets go to Juju— that's 206 targets. So I think you're going to see Juju Smith-Schuster be the 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 battering, not the battering ram, because I think it's going to be James Conner, but I think he's going to be the focal point of that offense. I think when Conner's not getting those touches, it's going to be Juju. You know, they had the talk of him being moved outside and kind of out of the slot, and I don't think that's really going to last. I think he's going to move everywhere. He's going to be a target hog. He's going to be the reliable source in that offense when they need something big, and I just love Juju's upside. I think you're going to see possibly 150 catch year. He's going to be in the NFL record books. He's going to be your wide receiver one. He's going to win people leagues because he's going at the end of round one, early round two. So that's my bold prediction, Scott. I don't know if you agree with it, but you definitely love Juju as much as me, right? Look, we've been on the Juju hype train all year long. So I I can't say I disagree. I, I think it's very much within the realm of possibilities. Uh, look, I, I just had this conversation this morning as we we're uh, riding to the airport, dropping one of our friends off. He kind of questioned whether or not Juju could see that volume, but I definitely think it's within the range of outcomes. And and look, I, I talked about it in an earlier show. I think 185 targets is a legitimate it's a possibility for Juju. I mean, you start looking at this offense and, you know, what's what's being lost with Antonio Brown. And 
hey, we haven't seen a wide receiver in, in quite some time flirt with that like 2,000 that 2000 yard range and that's within a range of outcomes as well. So a lot of things have to break the right way and, and, and align up for, for that to happen. But especially when we're sitting here talking about this receptions and, and how often and the pace that Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers throw the ball, it'll definitely be interesting. And that's one I can definitely get on board and agree with. That was fun. I, I love making bold predictions. I, I think they're kind of fun just to speculate on because it's really especially fun when you get to look at the end of the year and, and see how they turned out. So that'll do it for that. Is there anything else you quickly wanted to mention that people should expect this year or any boldest, one more boldest prediction that, you, that you've thought of? I don't know how bold of a prediction it is, but... I think we're going to have another 0-16 team this year. I mean, you look at what <laughs> Miami's doing, and, and you can even maybe throw the Redskins in there as well. Trent Williams doesn't uh doesn't report. But look, I, I think there's going to be an 0-16 team, and I, I haven't seen a team quite as talent deficient as what the Miami Dolphins are this year. And I don't know if it's Tank for Tua or, or if they're going after Herbert, but boy, it's going to be a rough season for Dolphins fans. Well, look, let's go right into it then. Um it's football time. It's it's here. You know, it's it's the time to open up each team you have and look at who you're matched up against. Look who you can start or sit. Look who you can slot in in the flex as that kind of sneaky sleeper play. So let's just jump right into it, Scott. Um, we're going to go game by game here. Um, we're going to do this more in-depth starting next week. Um, again, guys, we were super busy Labor Day weekend with these drafts and some work stuff, especially for me, really, really threw us through a loop. So but I think we can give some good insight. Let's start tonight, Scott. Packers at the Bears. Um, you know, we, we look at everybody, and I think, you know, you look at your your Devontae Adams, you're starting him. Um, I really feel like, I really feel like almost like that's the only guy who is like a slam dunk start, right? Like, I know Aaron Rodgers is going to be a top 10 quarterback for us this week, most likely. But are you in the camp where you're kind of like me to where if I have someone like a Lamar Jackson or Jameis Winston, I'm going to start them over Aaron Rodgers? Look, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think we know what the Bears defense was last year, and I think you're going to see a continuation of that this year. So I don't necessarily think that that. Aaron Rodgers is just that smash play that he's been a lot. Uh, right now, I have him this week ranked as my my QB ten outside of Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, and, and you know a few other guys that, that you would name. But look, it, it's definitely within the realm of possibility that this is going to be one of the tougher matchups for uh, Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, to go ahead and open the week with the with the Bears, I, I think you know there's some other guys that you can go ahead and look at starting ahead of them. And it, the, the tough problem has been for a lot of people that that draft Aaron Rodgers is you probably he's probably the second or third quarterback off the board in most of your drafts and so it's it's really hard for people who own Aaron Rodgers to think about sitting him on the bench when they probably drafted him you know a, a little bit earlier than than what he probably should have been but I mean you start looking at it and I, I think Devontae Adams is definitely going to get his but you're still in wait and see mode as far as the rest of these wide receivers are concerned as to to who's going to shake out, whether it's going to be Marquez Valdez-Scantlin or Geronimo Allison. So there's still some questions to be answered with a new coach, a new offense, and, and how Green Bay is going to perform against a tough defense here in Chicago in week one. David Montgomery, are you starting him, Scott? I know we kind of got him in that in that uh, late round two, early round three running back or 
running back ranges, say not not those round ranges, but David Montgomery, do you kind of want to see what's going to go on there, or are you just going to probably have to slot him in as a star, huh? No, I think he's uh, definitely a start this week. Um, I actually have him within that, that top 20 range as far as the, the running backs go. I, I think you start looking at it, and I have him right now at running back 17 on the week. So you look back last year, and look – Green Bay lost Daniels there in the middle, and they weren't very good at defending the run last year. Whenever Chicago did play against them last year with Jordan Howard, their running backs went for well over 200 yards in the two games and put up 96 yards receiving. So I think from a running back standpoint as a whole for that group, I think things set up well for Chicago. And look, the coaches love David Montgomery. Here in the last few days, you've had some blurbs here and there about they're pinching themselves about you know how lucky they are to have David Montgomery. Jordan Howard was jettisoned out of Chicago, and I think Montgomery offers some PPR upside that that Howard didn't last year. And, and look, he's known for breaking tackles and making people miss. So I think Chicago likes the player that they have here. The person that I'm a little bit more concerned about is Tariq Cohen and how his usage is going to be affected. And, and if he start lo- losing some targets there to David Montgomery, it's going to be a, a long season for Cohen owners. So this this week one matchup, I think, is, is going to go the way of uh, David Montgomery. So I'm happy to start him. And uh, I think if we move to the wide receiver position, we can go ahead and talk about it. But Allen Robinson's another guy that I'm, I'm pushing the button on this week. Quick, while we're on this running back topic, I just want to ask it because I'm curious because that's the thing about Arian Jones. Uh, Arian Jones. Aaron Jones, that is going to be interesting to see. He's got a tough schedule to start off the year. So, Aaron Jones, are, are you going to start him tonight? I know he was drafted in that round three-ish, maybe round four range if you were lucky. So, you might be, you might have him as that second running back or even third running back, depending how you drafted. But you just kind of have to roll out Aaron Jones this week, or is there anyone you know you drafted further back you might like more, like Miles Sanders, James White, Philip Lindsay, anyone in that range? No, I think uh, I actually have Aaron Jones right here with David Montgomery. I have Aaron Jones at uh, running back 18. I think I think this year is going to be different for Aaron Jones than what it was last year. Last year, you still had some Jamal Williams getting mixed in. It's a tough matchup, but look, Aaron Jones is going to be the guy that's catching, catching passes out of the backfield. And, and I think... You just have to, to go ahead. Look, you, you probably drafted him to be your RB2 on, on your roster, and there, there's going to be some tough weeks and some tough matchups. But at, at this point in time, who else are you really looking to start? You know, Philip Lindsay is, is ranked well, well behind him for me. You know, some of these other guys. Um, you know, Duke Johnson's a guy that uh, I have ranked behind Aaron Jones that, that I would consider maybe starting over him. But you're probably still starting Duke Johnson in your flex if you drafted him. So, uh, look, I think you go ahead and, and, and temper your expectations a little bit for Aaron Jones this week. But I think you still have to run him out there in your lineup. You were mentioning Allen Robinson. He's, he's a lot of people's wide receiver threes. Maybe they're wide receiver fours. Uh, are you, you're okay with flexing Robinson or you got him in that wide receiver two range? Yeah, look, I think he's a start, especially either in the flex or, or if you, you're struggling at wide receiver. I, I have him as a, as a smash play this this week. So I, I think you look at it and, uh, you know, he, he's going to be matched up either against Jair Alexander or or King. So uh, King struggled last last year. 
Allen Robinson offers a, a significant size advantage over Jair Alexander. I would actually expect Alexander to be to be guarding either Taylor Gabriel or or Miller for most of the uh, game. So I think the matchup you're really looking at is Robinson versus King. And look, Allen Robinson is healthy. He's you know removed from that ACL injury that was coming back from last year. Another year here in this offense, and and this is projecting to be a, a decent scoring game. Uh, you're looking at Chicago as the favorite. Their expected points to be scored in this game is 25. So I, I think really the two players that I'm targeting in this offense, especially with uh, Trey Burton being injured and Anthony Miller's been uh, banged up for most of the uh, offseason. So, look, I, I think Montgomery and Allen Robinson are two guys here in this Bears offense in this matchup with Green Bay that you need to target and try to get into your lineups. Let's go on to the next game, Scott. Um, we're we're going to hit Rams-Panthers. Um, and, look, um, I don't want to linger on games that are really not – like, we're kind of going to start everyone in this game. I think there's no one that we're not starting. I guess the only real question that I'm thinking of that I'm going to pose to you, we have Jared Goff is going to be a starter this week. If you got him, start him. Cam Newton, start him. But just really quick, Scott, um, the only question I really have for you is a guy like Curtis Samuel. Are you going to flex him this week, or are you just going to kind of see what happens with that offense? So it really depends on where you drafted Curtis Samuel at on your fantasy teams. Um, the the matchups here kind of worry me a little bit. You have two solid cornerbacks there in, in Peters and uh, Aqib Tlaib. So I would expect Aqib Tlaib to get uh, the matchup on Curtis Samuel and Marcus Peters to end up on DJ Moore. So I, I think from a fantasy standpoint, if you drafted Curtis Samuel as a, as a bench player, Give him a week, especially with uh, Cam Newton dealing with a little bit of a foot injury. Uh, I, I think w- I want to see how Cam shakes out. I, I expect Cam to run the ball a, a little bit less. So I'm looking for a lot of Christian McCaffrey, maybe a little bit of Greg Olson mixed in. But specifically this week, let's go ahead and take a, a wait-and-see approach on, on Curtis Samuel. Look, the, the Rams, that's a, that's a tough defensive matchup, and it's going to be all year. So uh, I think you can see Aaron Donald get get loose and, and cause some problems. And I, I just don't think there's going to be quite the time there for Cam to, to step back and, and get a lot of those deep throws off. So take a wait-and-see approach on Curtis Samuel. If you've got any of the Rams guys, you've got to start all of those. So Christian McCaffrey's a, a no-brainer as well. I think wh- where you really start to wonder about is DJ Moore as a flex play this week. So I, I think he's kind of borderline right there on the fringe as far as being a, a flex really? play. He's a guy that I'm taking a, a, a little bit of a cautious approach with. Um, I actually have him right now as my wide receiver 26. Um, but I, I'm not quite sold that this is going to be one of those huge breakout games. I, I could see a game of like five catches and 60 yards for him. So hopefully uh, maybe he can break one with some of the yak that he has. But it, it, it's, a, it's a tough matchup here for Carolina. Um, anything really else, Scott? I mean, I, I really can't think of anything. I think, like you said, you pretty much start everybody outside of um, Daryl Henderson and Greg Olson. <laughs> yeah, like I said, if you drafted any of these Rams wide receivers, you drafted them in play. So go ahead and throw them out there in your lineups. Um, there's really not much to say. I think uh, Daryl Henderson's a, a cautious uh, person to, to go ahead and take a wait-and-see approach with as well. So I, I would go ahead and bench him maybe this week until you see exactly how his usage is going to be within that Rams offense. Redskins, Eagles. Um, I, I, I think, again, we're starting really – all the Eagles, your your kind of Alshon Jeffrey, Carson Wentz is probably getting started this week. 
Miles Sanders, uh, what's your take on Miles? Are you going to start him this week, or is that something where we're going to have to see how that uh, that running back core shakes out? Yeah, I'm not actually going to start uh, Miles Sanders this week. Um, I, I think, look, I, I've got Carson Wentz as a, a top five QB play this week. I think it's a no-brainer. Um, I'm probably going to take Philadelphia this week. Um choosing between them and Baltimore and uh, Survivor Leagues. Look, I, I don't see any way for Washington to, to win this uh, game. I think uh, I think Philadelphia is going to have it well in hand by halftime. So you could see some some rushing output from, from Miles Sanders, but we're still waiting to see how things are going to be in, in games that count. So I think there's still going to be a split there with Jordan Howard. You still have... Darren Sproles and Corey Clement in the mix as well. So if, if you've got a guy like Matt Breda, who is uh, usually drafted uh, behind Miles Sanders in a lot of these drafts, I, I would go ahead and start Matt Breda over Miles Sanders. You know, he's a guy that I think just has a little bit more upside. Look, I'm not saying that Miles Sanders is going to have a bad week at all. I just want to see it first. Do you think this would be the ideal game for Sanders to get that work since it's going to be the Redskins and they're most likely going to beat the crap out of him? I think this is the game that you want to see Miles Sanders produce in. I think this is where he can kind of start to grab a hold of that, that RB1 position there in Philadelphia. If he goes out there and it's it's an even split where each guy kind of gets 10 to 12 carries in that, in that range and there's not much differentiating him from Jordan Howard, you're going to con- continue to see that split go on. Now, if Miles Sanders breaks one and you're looking at a Jordan Howard stat line of like 10 rushes for 28 yards and then Miles Sanders is you know 10 to 12 for like 70 or 80 that's going to be where he can kind of start to grab a hold of this offense and become that lead back so that's what I want to see out of Miles Sanders this week Redskins side is there anyone who's being started or not really Look, if you're in like really, really deep leagues, you can maybe have a dart throw at uh, Trey Quinn. Uh, word out of the Redskins camp this week is that Jay Gruden is absolutely pissed off and furious with Adrian Peterson. I think you saw a lot of that there in uh, New Orleans and why he was shipped out. Adrian Peterson still wants to be the guy. And with, with his career pointing on the downside towards the end of what's been one of the best running back careers in, in NFL history, I think... AP is having a hard time letting go and realizing that he's just not the guy anymore. So where it is that he's been getting up in Jay Gruden's ear about playing time and Gruden actually wanted to cut him at, at cut down time. But for whatever reason, that didn't happen. So the, they're expecting Darius guys to get the majority of the early down work. So I, I think guys is still capped a little bit by uh, Chris Thompson's usage in that passing game. But look, no Trent Williams. It's going to be a rough sledding for that offense moving the ball up and down the field. So I'd caution and stay away from the majority of these uh, Redskins players. I think if you're in a deep PPR league and you you know you're really struggling or just didn't pound that that wide receiver position, maybe Trey Quinn's a, a deep sleeper because I think Washington's going to be playing from behind. So you can you can possibly see six or seven receptions out of Trey Quinn, but I wouldn't expect him to go over 100 yards or anything of that nature. Bills Jets um, for the Bills side. We're gonna wait and see with Devin Singletary. Huh? I think we're, we're we're expecting him to be a solid option, but I mean, there's a lot of guys in Buffalo, and I don't think Week One is the week to roll them out. No, and that, that Jets defense is look good in the preseason. So we talked about it 
Frank Gore is is loved by almost every coaching staff that he finds himself on. So uh, I think you just need to see how this Bills offense is going to go ahead and, and shake out. Um, you know, I, I'm not starting any Bills players. I think the the Shady McCoy being dropped and cut by the Bills opened up a, a lot of people to Devin Singletary to the point where he's almost being overdrafted. So let's see how things shake out here in this week one. Don't go taking a whole ton of chances uh, on Buffalo Bills players. The Jets, uh, you know, we're starting Le'Veon Bell. I'm super interested. I can't wait to see Le'Veon on the field again. You got, you know I'm the Le'Veon guy. Um, but I'm just really excited to see how he looks and just see how not playing football for 600 days affects him. So I'm excited um, from that angle to see how he looks. And uh, also, though, Robbie Anderson, I like Robbie more than you do. I think, I think he's a talented guy. I think, you know, we talk about Allen Robinson. We talk about how we've seen guys put up production at the wide receiver position. And they usually repeat it. They tend to repeat that type of production. And I think Robbie can repeat that type of production. I know Jameson Crowder's there, but I like Anderson. I think he's one of those fringe wide receiver three flex options this week. Are you are you high on Robbie Anderson? Do you think this could be a good week for him? No, I'm actually really concerned about the calf injury. So I think you're going to have to pay attention to what's coming out of uh, the Jets camp, especially with the beat reporters, and pay attention to that injury report. Right now they have them listed as questionable. Um, the calf injury worries me a little bit. But what also worries me is, look, he's probably going to get locked up by Tredavious White. That's not going to be an easy matchup. I think uh, early on, I think maybe look to Jamison Crowder as a, a deeper play this week. But uh, Robbie Anderson's a guy that uh, – I don't have on any of my teams, so thankfully I don't have to make a decision on him. But look, if you have him, he's a fringe flex player this week at best for me. So that Bills defense has is, is been pretty pretty solid over uh, over the last couple of years. So it, it's it's not just going to be a, a smash play for a lot of these guys here on the Jets. So it, it'll be interesting week one to see how Sam Darnold is. And and look, I, I just I tend to rely a little bit more on Jamison Crowder this week in week one over Robbie Anderson. Uh, moving on, Vikings, Falcons, um, another game where you're really, I mean, you're really starting everybody. I feel like I think Calvin Ridley might be someone who you might kind of take a look at maybe to where you might not start him. But I guess we can start on the Falcons side of things. You're starting Austin Hooper. You're starting Devontae Freeman. You're sitting Edo Smith. You're starting Matt Ryan, most likely, I feel like. I think where you drafted Matt Ryan, I think he's got a pathway to, to being a top 10 quarterback this, this year, especially because... Or, this year this week i really don't the vikings defense doesn't scare me like it used to i think the days of them being a shutdown lockdown defense are over scott um i guess matt ryan do you have him in that top 10 range do you think he's startable this week yeah matt ryan is definitely startable i mean look we talk about streaming quarterbacks most of the time so matt ryan's not a guy i'm necessarily shying away from and this is we, we talk about Matt Ryan and his splits and how well he plays indoors. This is another game that's going to be in a dome. The the over-under and point spread on this, this game isn't as high as I would like. We're sitting right here at 48 for the over-under. Usually I like the, to pound those games where you, you're seeing 50 points or, or more. But but look, this is, this is going to be a, a closely contested uh, matchup. Uh, so... All of these uh, Atlanta players are, are in, in play for me. Um, I, I like Austin Hooper as a as a sneaky play, like down the line. I think he has some uh, some top six upside this week, so he's a guy that I like. And, and look, I'm I'm really interested. You had Calvin Ridley as as your uh, you know breakout wide receiver for this year, a guy that you're really interested in. So it was kind of shocking for me to hear you kind of shy away from him here in week one and, and think about maybe moving him down. 
Um, I'm just I'm curious how he's going to be used, and I and I, I while I think the Vikings defense isn't shut down, I just I don't I don't know how much I don't know how much availability he's going to have. I think you look at Devontae Freeman, and I think when he's healthy, I think when they have a run game, I think that's going to take away from Ridley. I'm banking on Freeman getting hurt at some point. I'm banking on the Falcons moving towards a a good passing game, but uh, I just, you know, uh, I, I'd probably start him. I have him in that wide receiver three range, um, kind of in that DJ Moore range where you have him at. I think that's a fair place to put him. But someone like Allen Robinson, I'd rather start Robinson over him, I think. So I, I think it's definitely going to be an interesting play, but I, I think I, I just want to see what happens. I think we saw really be up and down last year, and while I think he's going to be mostly up, I think it's it's going to be something I really want to kind of take a look at. Yeah, I have Ridley as my uh, wide receiver 29 this week. So he is kind of right there in that DJ Moore range. So it, it'll definitely be interesting. Look, Julio's still the man. Uh, I think you smash Julio in, in every lineup that you have. But yeah, I want to see Calvin Ridley's the guy we, we kind of projected for a little bit of touchdown regression this year. So it'll be interesting to see how he matches up here in week one. But I think he's still a solid flex play. So I'm comfortable throwing him in my lineups. Um, Kirk Cousins, we drafted him as that quarterback two with upside. Um, we're going to leave him in that quarterback two range this week, are we? Yeah, you know, Kirk Cousins is a guy that I'm actually having a, a little bit of a problem with this week. Um, I, look, we talked about Aaron Rodgers earlier. I had Aaron Rodgers as uh, my my QB 10 this week. I have Kirk Cousins as my QB 13, one spot behind Jared Goff, right there ahead of uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I think this is a good matchup for him here in Atlanta. It's a it's an indoor matchup. So the one thing that I have concern about right now in this passing offense is is how much volume they're going to get. Uh, you know, De- Stefan Diggs popped up on the injury report with a hamstring, so that's something I'm going to be paying attention to. But look, if Dalvin Cook does what we've expected him to do. Kirk Cousins might not be passing quite as much, but this matchup in particular, I, I like the the I like both teams' ability to move the ball. So I think this this is going to be a closely contested contested matchup, and I, I think uh, this is a, a nice spot for Kirk Cousins. I'm actually having uh, really conflicted thoughts trying to decide for a roster as to who to start between him and Tom Brady this week. But look, I, I think Kirk Cousins is a, a good play as a, as a high end QB two borderline QB one this week. Let's go down to Ravens Dolphins, a game that I I don't really think many people care about. Um, let's just start really quickly on the Dolphins side of things. We're sitting everybody, right? I mean, the coaching staff, the reports are that they're going to try to feed Kenyon Drake this week, but I mean, I don't know how much they can feed Kenyon Drake when they're going to be down the whole game. I feel like I think maybe he's got some PPR upside, some catches. Um, Scott, anybody in this Dolphins offense that you want to start? There's not anybody I want to start, and other than Kenyon Drake, if you drafted anybody on this Dolphins offense, I I, I question your your, your decision making. So, um, look, it, fake it's news. just That's it's fake. just across the board. Just go ahead and bench all of guys on, on the Dolphins offense. Kenyon Drake, maybe if you're desperate, but that's about it. I think I think Kenyon Drake went at a value towards the end of the year, so I don't think you're crazy if you drafted Kenyon Drake. I I don't like that slander. I said anybody outside of Kenyon Drake. Uh, so you did? Okay, I'm not paying attention to you. I apologize, Scott. You see, guys, you how committed I am to this podcast. I drafted Albert Wilson, though. I drafted Albert Wilson in the last round of a lot of drafts. Look, Al- Albert Wilson's probably a solid dart throw late, 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 but are you really starting him this week against no. uh, Kenny Smith <laughs> no, and no, for sure. Marlon Humphrey and, and that Baltimore <laughs> Ravens defense? So, so let's just go ahead and... 
And look, if I could go ahead and buy an early gravestone for this Miami Dolphins team, I'd go ahead and do it. But let's just go ahead and skip over them. And let's let's move to what we really want to talk about. And look, I want to see Lamar Jackson week one. This is a, a smash opportunity for him. I want to know how high you have him ranked this week as far as uh, your quarterbacks go. Because I, I right now have him as my QB eight on the week. So I'm pretty pumped to see Lamar Jackson and that offense there. Uh, I think it, it's going to be a, a nice week for him. I'm probably going to roll him into some one-timer lineups to to go ahead and start my year off. Yeah, so um, <laughs> funny enough, I actually am just kind of going balls to the wall with that. I actually do have uh, Lamar Jackson as my quarterback five. Um, I think that's a little reckless maybe. Um, I just... I look at the schedules, right? I don't care for Rodgers versus the Bears, particularly. Um, I think Goff is in line for a big week, but I'd just rather take that upside with Lamar. I actually have Drew Brees slotted in as my quarterback for this week. I think I think uh, you're going to see a shootout in New Orleans Monday night. I think you pound the over. I think you're going to see points everywhere. Um, I'm not too confident in Big Ben versus the Patriots. Um, I, I need to see how that offense runs. Um, and just a lot more shootouts. I feel like there's a lot of... There's a lot of big games this week, um, and I feel like it could be resulting in um, a lot of beatdowns, a lot of running backs getting work. I think this is going to be a really good week for running backs. I, I have Lamar at number five. I have Breeze at number four. I have Winston at number three. I think Winston-San Francisco is going to be a shootout. I think that San Francisco defense I'm not sold on. I think Godwin and Evans are going to be slam dunk plays. So I think a lot of stuff's going to happen there. I'm getting ahead of myself, but, I, but the point is I do have Lamar Jackson as my quarterback five. I think... You're going to see a beatdown from the Ravens. You're going to see a lot of running the football, whether that's Mark Ingram, Justice Hill, and Lamar Jackson himself. So I can't wait to see Lamar let loose. Um, Scott, if Lamar shits the bed, are we going to see people freak out? Because I feel like we're going to see people freak out. I actually think one of the things to caution yourselves with this week for Lamar Jackson is I don't know that he'll have to run the ball that much. I, I don't see Miami getting pressure really causing him to to get it out of pocket. So one of the things I'm going to be looking for is to see how many design runs Baltimore runs for him. So in particular, look, we talked about Mark Ingram and, and even Justice Hill. I think these running backs are, are going to have a, a nice setup this week. So I, I'm not really concerned if if Lamar has a bad game against uh, Miami. I, I just don't know how much they're going to have to open up and force him to to pass the ball. So, look, I, I can see a game where you, you see Mar- Mark Ingram maybe get two touchdowns and, and maybe Justice Hill get in for one and Lamar not have to, to score a touchdown. I, I think that's within the range of outcomes. Um, so, I have him ranked a little bit lower than you just because of those cautions. So my question to you, with that being said, if I put Lamar Jackson's rushing yards for this game at 55, are you going over or under? I'm pounding the over, so we can make a bet if you want. <laughs> Look, I, I think that 55 is a, a solid number to see. I'm actually going to go with the under. So if, if we want to go ahead now and, uh, and, and put one out here in week one, we can go ahead and do that. Well, I mean... Um, I'll be posted up. Look, I'll be posted up. It's, uh, this is the free plug. I'll be posted up at the Scarlet Pearl Casino and Sportsbook in D'Iberville, Mississippi on, uh, on Monday, on Sunday, just hammering bets. So when Lamar hits that over 55, um, you can just send me some money on the PayPal and I'll make myself a bet for Sunday night. 
<laughs> All right, we'll figure it out. Or, and, and if he doesn't, I'll place you a bet. You just give me a bet of your choice, and I'll place it for you. See if All right, uh, you, we'll do that. You can hit a win. I just, I can envision, I can really envision Baltimore just literally beating them down like a Madden game. Like I could see just Lamar running crazy. I, I could just see a lot. I, I could just see a total beat down. So that's why I kind of think that. Um, do you have anything else to add? I feel like we're just kind of talking about Lamar. I think I think there's so much Lamar talk ahead of this game. No, I think the other guy really to talk about within this offense is uh, I really want to see how Mark Andrews does. I have him ranked just behind Austin Hooper this week, so he he's sitting there for me at the uh, tight end 12. I could actually probably move him up a, a few spots, maybe over uh, Delaney Walker, but look, he's a guy that I'm really pumped for. I actually uh, went and picked him up. He went undrafted in the league, and I don't know what it is. I don't normally carry two tight ends, but I have a, a little bit of worry about uh, Evan Ingram staying healthy for the entire year. So I, I went ahead and grabbed Mark Andrews because there were some other tight end need, needy teams out there. So I'm actually uh, really interested to see him this week. And look, I think he's a he's a fringe like tight end one play this week. So go ahead and get Mark Andrews in your lineups if you're having any tight end issues. Let's go down to Jaguars Chiefs. Um, an interesting game. We'll start on the Jaguars side. You're starting Leonard Fournette, obviously. Um, fantasy wise, I feel like there's two guys in that offense who could blow up and be real fantasy assets. I think that's Leonard Fournette and D.D. Westbrook Scott. Um, this is going to be a shootout, probably from the lo- from the side of the Chiefs. I feel like it's going to be a lot of chasing points by the Jaguars. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, he's got to be a good start you know where do you have him ranked I'm, I'm i'm feeling like he could be in that wide receiver two range this week oh most definitely i i think he's definitely going to be a, a solid matchup look the chief's defense is is not one that that's really going to impose a lot of fear on on teams this week and just throughout the year i, I think that kansas city offense is going to move the ball i'm not scared off by, by what's going to happen with the uh, jacksonville defense but in particular you're looking at the over and under for this game at 51 and a half which is is high look I, I think if you're streaming quarterbacks, this is a week for Nick Foles. So if we're we're going to go ahead and project D.D. Westbrook to be up there, I think this is also going to be a, a Nick Foles week. So he's definitely a guy I want to get in lineups where I'm, where I'm streaming quarterbacks on the year. So, look, I, I think this is going to be a, one of the, the top games to watch in week one. It's, it's a lot of things that you want to see play out. Um, Leonard Fournette, is he going to get the passing work that we've been projecting? Um and look, Dee Westbrook's been a sleeper of ours like all year long, so I, I I don't have a problem pounding him into some lineups this week. To the Chiefs side of things, are you? We're starting Mahomes. You're starting Tyreek Hill. Uh, what are you doing? What are you doing with Lashawn McCoy and um, Damian Williams? I think where you drafted Damian Williams, you're almost kind of forced to start him. But what are you thinking with uh, those two guys? To just kind of a wait and see approach if you can, because I know you drafted Lashawn McCoy later. So actually, let let's frame the question as this. Damian Williams' owners are going to have to start him, most likely. If you're a LaShawn McCoy owner, do you slip him into that running back two or that flex option over someone you drafted who is likely better than him? I don't see LaShawn McCoy as a RB2 option at all. I think uh, if you were a Damian Williams truther and drafted him in the second round, then probably not not much has changed your mind, even with McCoy being there. Um, so that said, I expect Williams to be in lineups if you're a guy that drafted him. Um, I, I think LaShawn McCoy is an interesting kind of situation. Um, I could see him as a flex option if you, you're really, really – having problems but look we, we talked about it here 
if I project him for eight to ten touches, is that going to be enough upside to really win you games? I mean, you're, you're basically going to make him a, a touchdown-dependent play. While he knows this offense and, and is familiar with it, I, I wouldn't expect him just to come out and be, uh, you know, guns blazing in, in week one. Um, I think you still have to see how the uh, splits play out here. And and look, if, if it's me and McCoy is on one of my rosters, he's probably going to be on the bench in week one. Um, obviously guys, if you just, if you don't know Travis Kelsey, guys like that, they're just locking to start. Okay. So we're really not going to touch on them. Uh, really quickly, Scott, Sammy Watkins, is that anyone you're interested to see how he looks this week? Yeah, most definitely. Um, we, we drafted in, in a league, uh, the last couple of nights and, uh, uh Sammy Watkins, look, I, I'm, I'm weak in that league and, and wide receiver. I think Sammy Watkins is a guy that I'm going to go ahead and throw out. He only had one catch during the preseason, but I, I think he's a guy that healthy. I want to get him in, in, in either, you know, that second flex position, or even if I'm, I'm, I'm weak, you know, a flex or wide receiver position. So, I think Watkins has is, is got some sneaky upside here. I think uh, Jalen Ramsey, they've already said, is going to be locked up on, on Tyreek Hill. I think you could maybe even see some uh, over-the-top coverage with the safeties as well. So uh, I like Sammy Watkins working that, that short to intermediate range and, and maybe having a little bit of uh, yards after the catch. So I, I think he's in line for a decent, a decent game. I'm not saying he's going to break the bank for you, but if you just need some, some steady – yet uninspiring but you know just some solid baseline production i think sammy watkins will will be good for double digit points this week yeah i think week one just people need to really keep in mind that it's really just like you drafted a lot of guys and you're just starting them anyway so i think it's really a good week to keep an eye on some of the guys that you're you're kind of taking chances on later in the drafts um browns and titans scott um on the brown side of things baker mayfield you're starting him nick chubb you're starting him Odell Beckham, you're starting him. Jarvis Landry is kind of the, the guy in that offense. I think David Njoku, you're going to have to start him just because of the way tight end is. But um, Jarvis Landry, uh, you know, is he that flex option this week? Is he a wide receiver too? Because he kind of got drafted in that wide receiver two range. I have Jarvis as my uh, wide receiver 31 this week. Um, look, there's been a lot of talk there and uh, in Cleveland about the love affair, supposedly that Baker Mayfield has with Rashard Higgins, and and that Rashard Higgins could possibly pass up Jarvis Landry on the uh, on the depth chart and just on the year. I find that a little bit hard to believe. It's something I would definitely have to see before I do that. But look, I think Jarvis is a flex play this week. Um, as I said, wide receiver 31 for me. I think uh, he's gonna. He's going to go ahead and, and still get his. The The problem is, is I want to see how this, this offensive line for Cleveland is going to go ahead and perform. Look, Cleveland's been the, the media darlings all offseason. I, I think this is definitely going to be a game for Nick Chubb. But, but look, week one, with the splash that you saw of Odell Beckham, I think this coaching staff, Baker Mayfield in particular, I think they are going to make it a point to get Odell the ball. So I think Jarvis Landry might have a little bit of a capped upside this week, but I think he's still a solid flex play for, for me this week. So I don't have a problem throwing him in at, at that rate. So I think it's a wide receiver two play is a little bit of a stretch, but it all depends on how your rosters are built. So feel comfortable with him as a flex. Now we kind of shift over to the Titans. Um, are you worried about Derek? No jokes. I think the the, the Derek Henry jokes just died in the offseason. Okay, we'll bring that back up when Henry really stinks this year. But 
Derrick Henry, are you worried about? I know, I think the the, the foot and everything's a little bit better. Uh, are you worried about Henry this week? Or are you kind of just, uh, you know, you know, what what do you think? What are you thinking of Derrick Henry? Because I feel like this is going to be a game where the Titans could get down early and they're going to be chasing points, so we might see a lot of Deion Lewis this week. Yeah, I think uh, Deion Lewis is definitely a, a player to look at. I have Derrick Henry lower in my rankings um, than what I probably would during draft season. So right here in week one, I have him as the running back 26. Um, I, I think that's a kind of a solid start for him. Look, I, I don't know if people people think about it, but I think Cleveland is going to be one of the the top defenses here in, in fantasy leagues that, that still play with a, a defense special team. So I, I think you're going to see a, a lot of problems uh, with this Cleveland defense and what they're going to go ahead and cause for for this Tennessee offense in, in week one. So the interesting thing will be is what the usage ends up being because I know they just want to pound Derrick Henry, but how many times can you pound him into a brick wall? Also, they're uh, missing their starting left tackle, so that's something else to, to go ahead and, and think about. And I think here in week one, that's not the position you want to be in against this Cleveland defense. Are you um are you worried about Corey Davis or is he kind of just that flex play? You know, he's kind of coming off the board in drafts around that wide receiver 30 to 34 range. Scott, I know you liked Corey Davis a lot. Uh, do you think this could be a good week for him? Because I, I think it could be. I think this could be a this could be a chasing points week or it could be a close game. So uh, what's your take on Corey Davis? Yeah, I think uh, Corey Davis is in a situation where uh, Tennessee is going to be chasing points. We're, we're going to have to see what kind of uh, production we get out of Marcus Mariota. The one thing that's a little bit concerning is that Adam Humphreys like, got a lot of, of, of looks here and, and there in the preseason and stuff. So I really want to see how these target is, targets are distributed here in the uh, the opening game. But I think Corey Davis is a, is a clear play. He's the guy I'm most comfortable with here in week one for the Titans. Well, let's move on. Um, Colts and Chargers. The Andrew Luck news really threw everything through a whirlwind, I feel like, uh, to where the Colts kind of just their whole fantasy outlook changed for all their players. So we can start there. Uh, Marlon Mack. What are you thinking with Marlon Mack? Because, uh, I mean, we're nervous about him. He fell down draft boards. I just don't know, Scott. I, I mean, I feel like this is going to be a close game with the Chargers coming out on top, but I just don't know. What are you doing with Marlon Mack this week? Are you waiting and seeing? Are you just rolling him out as that RB2? No, nah, I don't think he's in the RB2 for me. We we just talked about Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry and Marlon Mack were, were kind of a point of contention for us during the preseason. And I have Marlon Mack one spot behind Derrick Henry as my uh, running back 27. Um, you know, look, there's there's other guys I just like better this week. I, we talked about Matt Breda. I think Matt Breda's a better player than Marlon Mack this week. And I, I just think a lot of the upside for Marlon Mack is going to be capped. Um, we look at this Chargers offense, and I think it's a game you can see uh, the Colts may be playing from behind and trying to play catch-up. So it, it might be a Naheem Hines type of uh, game. You know, I'm not saying start Naheem Hines, but I think it's <laughs> going to be interesting to go ahead and see if the Colts get down, see what type of role Marlon Mack has within that passing game and whether or not the Colts roll in Naheem Hines or if uh, if they go ahead and, and, and start giving Marlon Mack some of that passing work that a lot of people have projected for him. But either way, he's outside of my, my top 24 running backs on the week, so I think you can maybe put him in as a, as a flex play, but there's some wide receivers and some other running backs that I think definitely have more upside in week one. T.Y. Hilton, what are you doing with him? Look, T.Y. Hilton still uh, he's still startable. I think he's a, a, a low range uh, wide receiver too. 
Um, I, I don't have any issues with throwing them in the lineup. I think if you have them on your roster, you're going to continue to play them. So we kind of shift over. We have the tight ends as well. I feel like people are in trouble with Eric Ebron. I almost feel like they're going to have to start him right because he was going off the board so early that you likely drafted Ebron as your tight end. I have zero Eric Ebron, so uh, if you drafted him and did not listen to us on any of our shows or check out any of our rankings, I have no sympathy for you if you drafted Eric Ebron. <laughs> um, are you interested in Jack Doyle? I'm interested in seeing what he does, at least. I mean, interested in seeing what he does and paying attention to the splits and target output that's distributed between both he and Ebron. Um, Jack Doyle was one of the primary benefactors and, and seem to have good rapport the last time Jacoby Brissett was a starter. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes back off of injury and reestablish things with, with Brissett within that offense. Let's go towards, towards the Chargers. No Melvin Gordon, obviously. Keenan Allen, you're starting him. Um, the receiving core, Mike Williams. Hunter Henry, you're starting him, obviously. Mike Williams, um, a lot of people have him tabbed as a breakout. So uh, what are you thinking there? I think some of Mike Williams' uh, breakout projections are maybe a little bit disappointing. I think Hunter Henry's going to bring more to this offense than than what people uh, really tend to think. I, I like Hunter Henry as a, as a prospect. I, I think he's he's in line and could be a, a breakout candidate. And I think to an extent that that kind of caps Mike Williams um, and and what he can do. I think Mike Williams does perform well in within. You know the the red zone and, and within the offense, but even last year with Hunter Henry out and the shell of what Antonio Gates was, look, Mike Williams still only got thirteen percent of the targets. He only put put up fifteen point four percent of the market share of uh, the yards there in that, that passing offense. So I, I temper expectations on, on Mike Williams, um, especially in this game. Um, I, I just I, I'm not a huge Mike Williams guy. I, I think. Uh, I think he can put up double-digit points here in this game in PPR leagues, but he, he's not a guy that's that's high up on my rankings. The running back position, Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler, are you starting them both? Or are you waiting to see? I, I know Eckler's probably going to get started just based off of where he was going drafted. Yeah, I think Eckler's a, a, a must-start. Um, I have him as a running back, too, this week. I, I'm comfortable with him there. But I also think uh, Jackson is a, is a, a middling flex play. So I think you can go ahead and get him in your lineup if you're having any type of injuries or any type of issues like that. Uh, just, you know, Justin Jackson's a guy I like here in this position. Um, I, you know, I think he's going to get 10 to 12 carries this week, and I think you could see another couple of... Uh, Another couple of touches there in the the passing game, so it, it it'll be interesting how they perform this week. Um, the one thing I have a little bit of concern about is that that San Diego offensive line, Russell Okung, is projected to be out, and they they have Pouncey and they have Dan Feeney and and Schofield. But look, it's it's a little bit rough there going at the tackle position. So we'll have to see how that plays out, and it may benefit Austin Eckler if they kind of abandon the run and go to a little bit more of a short passing game to to try to work that the running backs into the mix. But I have uh, both Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler as playable assets this week. Seahawks Bengals, um, really quickly from the Bengals side of things. You're not starting Andy Dalton. Um, you're starting Tyler Boyd um, it, and Joe Mixon, right? That's about it, right, Scott? I mean, there's really not not much attractable options in that offense. Yeah, for me, it's it's I'm not touching anybody outside of, of Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon. And really, I think things are even 
clearer over there on the opposite side of the ball for uh, there in Seattle. I don't think there's much to to really talk about. You, you're going to go ahead and, and smash Tyler Lockett and the upside and target volume that he should see there in, in Seattle. I think Russell Wilson is uh, – I have him at my QB 10 this week. I think this is going to be a good spot for him to to go ahead and open the season and get off. I think you'll see them passing the ball a little bit more. But but look, it's Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson, and Chris Carson, even on that Seattle side of the ball. So for me, there's just not much to talk about from this matchup standpoint. Seahawks, um, let's start before we get to our Chris Carson talks. I know we have a lot to say about him. Russell Wilson, um, I mean, I just don't know what the ceiling is. For Russell Wilson, are we rolling him out this week? I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot better options uh, who are kind of quarterbacks who are drafted in the middling rounds who who are going to put up uh, a good output output. Um, what are you thinking on Russell Wilson? He's just you just kind of got to start him. I mean, I feel like you draft these quarterbacks kind of early and you're just kind of like forced to start him. So what are you doing with Russ? I actually have Russ as my QB seven this week. So wow, I start okay. looking. I look at the over/under here in this game, and the the, the spread is is uh, the spread has ten points. So I mean, you're you're looking at at a score of twenty-seven to seventeen is uh, expected points value for each team. So I think what Seattle having at twenty-seven, it's definitely somebody that I want to target. I think you'll see both him and and Lockett get theirs. And and look, Russ is a great quarterback. So I, I think. You're going to see Seattle pass the ball more than what they have, and, and especially in 2018. So uh, I think this defense uh, that Seattle has is not quite as good as what they what they've been in the past, and I, I think that name value is is really going to going to take a hit. And some people are still living off of that. But look, I like Russell Wilson in this this game. Like I said, QB seven, one spot ahead of Lamar Jackson in this game, and with Seattle with expected points of uh, 27, I, I like Seattle to score in this Week One matchup. Tyler Lockett, do you, do you just kind of force them to starting him? I mean, if you have Russell Wilson at number seven, you must have Tyler Lockett top twenty. Yeah, I have Tyler Lockett as a as a high play this week. Um, just to go ahead and and look real quick, I have him as the wide receiver sixteen on the week. So one spot ahead of uh, Brandon Cooks and uh, one spot behind Chris Godwin. So. Those are uh those are kind of my rankings as far as Tyler Lockett goes for the week. I think he's a must play if you have him on your roster. Go ahead and uh, put him in a lineup, and uh, I think he'll be excellent for anybody who has him as a wide receiver three. I expect good upside this week. Chris Carson, I have him as a top five running back. I think you do too. We love Chris Carson, right? I think there's really, I think there's, <laughs> I, I think there's, it's it's almost impossible for him not to find the end zone at least once. Um, Scott, I mean, are, are are you looking at it the way I am? Because I'm thinking we're going to see a hundred and two touchdowns, and then throw in some catches on top of that. Yeah, I don't know about two touchdowns. That's what? a little bit hard to project. But look, I, it I is have, hard to project. But I mean, I, come on, they're going to beat the crap out of them, right? Yeah, I mean, they are. But I mean, it, it might be a game just to get Rashad Penny involved in, and see how he looks as well. I mean, Penny is still there. I don't quite have him as a running back five. I have him as my running back seven on the week, just behind James Conner and Nick Chubb. So, you know, he's a guy that I'm definitely excited for. He's in a good spot. He's going to he's gonna give you a return on your investment this week comfortably. Um, so I have no issues with that. But I, I, look, it, it'll take two touchdowns for him to be a running back five this week. So if he doesn't get two touchdowns, he'll be outside the top five. I think it's possible. I think just, just the, I think you got to look at beat downs and, and domination. And I think the Seahawks are going to do that to the Bengals. 
Buccaneers, 49ers. Um, let's start with the Bucks. I have Jameis Winston as the top five uh, quarterback this week, I think. I mean, obviously, I love the guy, but I also think that it's just going to be a high-scoring game. I think Tampa Bay's defense stinks. I think the 49ers' defense stinks. I think both offenses are competent enough to throw all over the place. And I think this is going to be this is going to be your your fantasy. This is going to be the best red zone game to watch. This is going to be back and forth, balls flying through the air, touchdowns. I just I can't wait to watch this game, honestly, even though it's going to be some mediocre football. I'm starting Winston. I'm starting Godwin. I'm starting Evans. I'm starting O.J. Howard. Um, any concerns with that Buccaneers offense, or you think all those guys are kind of going to go crazy? No, each one of these guys are uh, upside plays, especially even where you drafted them. If you drafted Mike Evans, he's a must-start. If you drafted Chris Godwin, who's going as high as the third round towards the end of draft season right there, you're definitely going to go ahead and, and start him as well. So, And O.J. Howard's in the same boat. So he's the guy I think that you have to pay attention to because a lot of his usage has been projected based upon what Arian, Arians has done in the, in the past with his offense and, and not really used the tight end position as much as what we're projecting for this year. But he also hasn't had a talent as good as O.J. Howard. So I really want to see O.J. Howard smash uh, this week. I, I have him on a, a couple of my rosters, so he'll be in my starting lineups. And, and look, like you said, this is a game that you really want to go ahead and see. I think uh, – you know, from the O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin standpoint on, on the side of Tampa Bay. And I think there's also some guys you really want to see in on San Francisco's offense as well. Now, we, we shift over to the, four, to the 49ers. Um, it, it's, it, it's really a wait and see. I know we know George Kittle's the start. You got guys like Dante Pettis who are intriguing. You have the running backs there. We're high on Matt Breda. Um, I know that doesn't mean that just because we're high on him doesn't mean that we expect him to go bonkers week one. But do you think Breda is a start this week? Do you think you're confident in telling people to start him? I am. I, I think Matt Breda is a solid flex play this week. I, I have him and, and Tevin Coleman ranked about the same right there around the uh, running back 28 to running back 31 standpoint. So I think both are good flex options. And, and look, I, I don't think there's a lead guy here. I think this is a 1A and 1B situation and will continue to be so throughout the year. Um, I'm a little bit higher on Breda, but I think all in all, they end up putting up about the same production. But but look, I, like, I think you just you look at this game and it's it's over. The over-under is at 51. It's a pick game with both teams set to score about 25 and a half points is what uh, Vegas is telling us. So, uh, look, I think if you have guys in these offenses, if you're going to stream a quarterback, Garoppolo is another good play this week. We talked about Foles earlier. But, but look, I, I think the, the thing that you want to see, I think you get Coleman and Breda into your, your flex positions if you have them. Kittle's an obvious start. But I want to see how this wide receiver position works out with Dante Pettis, who was a lot of people's upside play early in the season and then kind of tailed off a little bit as things were coming out of camp. But all in all, I actually think this is going to end up being just a situation where they're trying to motivate Pettis. So I think you'll see Pettis go ahead and get the majority of the uh, targets here. And if not, I think it's something you definitely need to monitor. But uh, keep Pettis on the bench this week unless you're absolutely desperate. But Look, start Kittle, start Breda, start Coleman, and uh, and be comfortable with those two as flex plays. And from a streaming aspect, I think Garoppolo is a good play. Man, I can't wait for that game. That's going to be a blast. Um, Cowboys-Giants, uh, we're starting – well, actually, let's just get it out of the way. Zeke, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, though. I mean, you, you're kind of just 
you're really pigeonholed into starting him, right? Like you just have to run him out and see what he does. Why would you not start Zeke? I mean, we've exactly. seen Fat Zeke run for a hundred yards and put put up touchdowns. The interesting thing that I want to see is I want to see how this offense with with you know a, a new offensive coordinator, let's just say, uh, I want to see how they they go ahead and, and and change things and how they start to integrate Michael Gallup really into this offense. So I think Zeke's going to get his. I think Dak Prescott's a, a nice play this week. Um, Amari Cooper's a little bit concerning, but I have him down a little bit just because I, I want to see how things are going with the uh, with the foot and, and everything. So I have uh, Amari a little bit lower. Um, I have him in that, that wide receiver, like 14 range, um, one spot ahead of, of Chris Godwin. So it'll be important to monitor him, but all systems say that he's go. He's practicing there for the Cowboys. So, look, I, I think Michael Gallup, I'll say it again, I think he's the guy to pay attention to here early for the Cowboys in this offense. And if, if something does happen with Amari Cooper, it's important to see. I think uh, Gallup's going to run more deep routes than, than what Cooper does in particular, so he'll have a little bit more volatility. But he's a guy I'm interested in and, and possibly getting in some DFS lineups. To the Giants now, um, I just... Again, guys, I think these games are blowouts. There's not really much to speculate on. The Giants side of things, obviously, Saquon Barkley getting the start. Evan Ingram, you're starting him, and I think he's got that. He's got tight end one upside this week. Um, I just, I think there's no one else to, to catch targets there, especially with Tate out for the first four games. Sterling Shepard, I guess, are they going to be chasing points? I mean, I just, I don't know about the, the, the quarterback play, Scott. I, I'm just super worried about, I really don't want to start anyone but Saquon, I think, you're going to roll Eli out. That Cowboys defense is nothing to mess with. Demarcus Lawrence is a man amongst boys. I, I just, ah, man, I don't like anyone for the Giants except Saquon. I actually disagree a little bit. I mean, uh, look, I, here. I, I like Sterling Shepard as a solid flex play. We're talking about these first four weeks that Golden Tate's going to be out. And even with Eli Manning being as bad as he is, where he functions is within that, that middle range and short range passing game. And I, I think Sterling Shepard is going to have to to go ahead and do that. And, uh, you know, you've got Byron Jones and, and Uzi there who are both good uh Good cornerbacks, but but look, I, I think Sterling Shepard's a sneaky flex play this week. Last year, he saw 18% of the market share of targets there for the Giants. I think this this first four weeks, he's set up to see more than that. And, and look, I want volume. I think uh, I think he's a guy that can see 10 targets in week one. So I'm going to try to get him in as many lineups as I can as far as it being a flex play. Let's move on um, past that, that awful game. Um, <laughs> Cardinals Lions. Uh, from the Cardinals side of things, you're starting David Johnson. You're 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 kind of gonna question the receiving core and Kyler Murray. I feel like so. I think this is the ultimate all eyes on Kyler, right? But we're gonna leave him on the bench for now. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, but look, as far as Week One matchups go, who's really scaring you on that that Detroit defense I mean Darius Slay has been up and down uh you know I, I think there's there's a there's some spots here for Kyler Murray in this Arizona offense and look all offseason it was up and down Kyler Murray had a decent week three there in uh preseason but look it's been vanilla I want to see what's going to be of this Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury uh this Cliff Kingsbury offense right now. I have Kyler Murray as my QB 15 on the week, so he's outside of the uh, the top 
QB1s. I, I think he's a middle in QB2 for the week. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what we get out of out of this offense, but there's not much that I'm really scared of here on the Detroit defense. I think uh, I think you could definitely see Christian Kirk and, and Larry Fitzgerald. I think you could see one of those two get off. Um, it's just going to be depending upon who's uh, matched up. And if I had to bet out of the two, it's going to be Larry Fitzgerald for me. I think he's going to get more of the slot action than what Christian Kurt, but I think both of them can end up seeing uh, double-digit points on a week. For the Lions side of things, Scott, um, carry on to go, um, especially in your fantasy lineup. Um, Kenny Galladay, am I right in saying this? I think Galladay's got top 12 upside this week. I think that defense is... Really doesn't intimidate me. Patrick Peterson's not on the field. I mean, Kenny Galladay's got that upside this week, right? Yeah, I think Galladay's definitely a guy you're you're getting into your lineups. Um, uh, look, this Arizona defense is going to be bad all year long. That's really the thing that scares me the most about uh, some of the pace productions that people are putting out for uh, the Arizona offense. But I, I think Arizona defensively is going to have trouble stopping teams all year long, and I think that's going to go ahead and, and, and put – other opposing offenses in nice positions. Kenny Galladay is my wide receiver 18 here on the week. I think uh, he's a good play. And and we're talking about streaming options. Uh, I think Matt Stafford, if you can't stream him and he doesn't have a good game here against the Arizona Cardinals defense, then it's going to be a long-ass year for Matt Stafford and that Detroit offense. Are you? um, I know we're going to start carry on. Uh, Are you worried about him at all? No, not really. I mean, you start looking at it, and and here I'll ask you a question. Let's see, let's see your football knowledge. I'll put you on the spot. Name one person on the Cardinals' defensive line. Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones is listed as a linebacker because they're switching to a three-four. Okay, so you're gonna do that to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> Robert N- uh, Nikandichi. Yeah, he was cut. I know he was cut. <laughs> That's like the only one I could name. Now, yeah, I, mean, I just no, but, yeah. <laughs> but this is my point. Past Chandler Jones, who's gonna stop? Who's gonna stop this team from running the ball? I think uh, you know. You look at Frank Ragnow. They have Glasgow. They have a decent interior here for for Detroit. And Detroit's, uh, I think, just in a good position. Week one, um, Vegas has their point total at twenty four and a half. I, I think that sets up well for Kerryon Johnson to to go ahead and run the ball in in the second half. I think there's a lot of unknown for Arizona and what they're going to do offensively. So the two positions that you you really find yourself in when you're projecting this Detroit offense for week one is either Arizona just comes out and sets the world on fire and shocks you, in which case you have Detroit throw the ball and playing uh, you know a lot of catch up and, and which you know it could be a shootout or you have Detroit dominating offensively which also sets up well for carry on Johnson and, and the rest of this Detroit offense you know the only guy here that I'm really going to shy away from starting maybe in week one is maybe Marvin Jones I think he's outside of my top uh, 36 wide receivers on the week but look I think Stafford's in a good spot from streaming I think you have to start carrying on Johnson and comfortably do it and we talked about Galladay's my wide receiver 18 look I like Hawkinson this week I think uh, all of these guys are in a, a good spot to to outperform their their ADP and where you drafted them in week one Steelers Patriots it's going to be a great Sunday night game it's always a fun matchup when they uh when they hit the field together, we saw them last year. Uh, I think that was week 15. I think it was week 15 when they played on Sunday night, and that was so much fun. Scott, from the Patriots side of things, you're starting Sony Michelle. 
You're starting Julian Edelman. What are you doing with Josh Gordon? And then what are you doing with James White? Is James White a go as well? Yeah, I think uh, this game might actually set up a little bit better for James White than it does for Sony Michelle. But man, I don't know if you've looked at the Patriots, the Patriots like first half schedule of the year when they're they're smashing Miami and the Jets and yeah, but it's it, it it's going to be rough. It's going to be Sony time off off of these next four or five games. But I I think you maybe James White's a little bit better position this week. I have both of them projected roughly in the same range i think sony's gonna gonna go ahead and and get double digit points i have him at 13.5 projected points i have james white at 13.1 so i think both of them are safe plays at minimally at a at a flex at the at the minimal but josh gordon's the guy that that really concerns me um he he's kind of a a a tough guess for this week um you know as to what you're gonna get out of him i have him right outside of the uh I actually have him at wide receiver twenty-seven is where I have him. So it, it's it's going to be high. Yeah, I, I mean it does. But who else are they really going to throw the ball to? Edelman's kind of been a little bit banged up. I think they've just been being precautionary with Edelman. But look, there's no tight end there, and, you know. And, and last year we saw it towards the end of the year, the Steelers, the, the Steelers secondary was playing horribly. So uh, look, I want to see what Josh Gordon's going to do. Look, it, it's it's Josh Gordon definitely has a low floor for Week One. But he he has that ceiling that you see every time he steps on the field. So I think Josh Gordon is one of those guys that that could go out there and put up 30 yards, but he could go out there and put up 130 and two touchdowns. So um, I always tend to to go ahead and, and I'm just a sucker. I'm a sucker for Josh Gordon. I don't know how else to say it. He's won any championships in his great year that he had in Cleveland. So call it nostalgia. You know, call it just me being partial. I just. I have that gut feeling and that love for Josh Gordon that's probably going to get me in trouble. I had James White and Julian Edelman the highest out of all of us um, early in the preseason, Scott. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to, I don't really know how to say it, but I mean, I almost feel like I should have had him higher, right? I mean, you just laid it all out for us, Scott. Who else is going to take away from Julian Edelman and James White in the passing game? I think in PPR leagues, these guys are going to, Starts until until someone with a pulse shows up that isn't Josh Gordon, right? I mean, Julian Edelman has got to be a top twelve wide receiver this week. I actually have him at fifteen, which is about where we we ranked him in the preseason and 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 during draft season and all. But look, there's some other guys that are in nice positions this week. I think uh, one of the things that you have to look at is is Josh Gordon and James White here in this offense. That's the two guys that are going to take targets away from Julian Edelman. That being said, you're still putting him in your lineup. I think he's a, a fringe wide receiver one, but more more likely a high-end wide receiver two on the week here against Pittsburgh. Um, with that being said, if if Josh Gordon does throw up the dud and throws up like a 30-yard game, then that means that Julian Edelman's probably killing it. Exactly. Um, we go to the Steelers side of things. James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster were rolling out. Um, is this the week to pick your dart throw? with Dante Moncrief for James Washington? No, I don't think this is the week to do it. Um, it, it you know, it's it's hard to say because in the past, uh, you, you've seen Bill, Bill Belichick roll out specific defenses, and he's so good at, at shutting down opposing offenses like best player. And if you ask me who their best player is going to be, I, I would have to say that it, it's Juju. But is he going to go ahead and, and throw – 
one of the McCourty brothers there and then just play a safety over the top and, and get a lot of double coverage on Juju running around out of the slot. So that being said, it could be a Dante Moncrief week, um, but I'm just not willing to, to take that chance there in week one. We still have to see what James Washington can do and where he's going to be within this offense. So I actually expect the Steelers to rely more on the running game. I think it's a great week for James Conner. I have him as my running back six this week. So, uh, you know, look, it's it's one of those games I'm definitely going to be tuned into and, and watching. There's a lot of things aside from it just being a good football game with two coaches that I love to watch. So I, I definitely want to see. But, look, you're, you're getting Juju in a, in a lineup. There's no way you're benching him even with what uh, – even with what Belichick seems to do to opposing teams' best players, I think he's still going to be a, a smash start. But look, I also like Vance McDonald. I think he's going to be the better play if you're you're trying to siphon some of those targets away from Juju. I, I'd rather bet on him over Moncrief or Washington. Final night of football, Saints Texans. It's going to be a blast. I I don't know if you're going, Scott. I personally cannot wait to be in Superdome on Monday night. It's going to be an awesome atmosphere. I feel like the Saints are going to be coming for heads, and then in turn, the Texans are going to have to combat that by throwing the ball like 45 times. I think Deshaun Watson is all of our QB1s this week. Um, I think this is going to be a a crazy fun game. Uh, Man, uh, for all the the Saints and Texans people we, we drafted, we're starting all of them, correct? Minus maybe Latavius... Kiki QT and Will Fuller. Look, the over and under on this game from Vegas is fifty-two and a half. I think. Oh, uh, pound that over! Yeah. Oh, blood bank! Uh, I think oh my this God. could possibly be one of the <laughs> higher scoring games of the whole NFL season. It, look, I, I think you get everybody in on, on action. I, I think uh, there's there's definitely a situation where you could see Latavius Murray, who's you know one of your bold predictions. I, I think you could see him getting into the end zone. You, you're you're just gonna pound. Look, Mike Thomas, Kamara. I have Breeze up there in, in the top five quarterbacks. Uh, I think it's a good spot to go ahead and smash with, with Jared Cook. Look, I'm I'm not confident in this Houston Texans defense past J.J. Watt. He, you know, they, they basically gave away you know, a, Pro Bowl, a Pro Bowl defensive end slash linebacker, edge defender, big and deal. Clowney. You know, it's a I, big deal. It's a big deal. It's funny you say that. I think just in retrospect to this week, if we have any daily fantasy listeners, I think the Texans moving Clowney – for this week, at least, is 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 a huge deal. The the Saints' left side of their lo- left side of their offensive line is relatively weak, and that's where Clowney lined up. Addy lined up on the right side of the line, but it's the you know the left side of the offensive line. So, I ah man, I think them losing Clowney is does Drew Brees a favor? It does Alvin Kamara a favor? It does Latavius a favor? I I'm just echoing what you're saying, Scott. I think I think man, I think if you're in deeper leagues, you could even roll dice on roll the dice on a Traquan Smith if you're in a 16-team league. I think like shit like that, I think that's all possible. I, I think this is going to be a game where everyone is going to get a little bit of the action. Yeah, I mean, New Orleans sitting there with the highest point total in the week at 29.5. So you want every piece of that offense you can get within reason. Like you said, Traquan Smith in really like bigger, deeper leagues, like talking more than 12 teams is, is even considerable as an option. So, look, I, I think Latavius Murray is... 
He's he's a little bit questionable, but I, I think this is a, a team. This is this is where you get him involved. And, you know, if you have any any questions about your lineup and some of the other matchups, this is a, a game that's going to see a lot of a lot of scoring. With the Saints sitting there at, at twenty nine and a half points, I I could very easily see Latavius getting into the end zone. So I, I think he's definitely within range of of a flex play. And look on the opposite side of the ball, I don't think you're shying away from any of these Houston players as well. I have Deshaun Watson as one of my top quarterbacks. I actually have him as the quarterback one on the week and the quarterback one on the year. Look, DeAndre Hopkins, no-brainer. I even think Will Fuller is going to be a great play. I think Will, Will Fuller against Eli Apple is going to be a key matchup in this game if Will Fuller can get deep. So he's a guy I like. And look, Duke Johnson is Duke Johnson is a top 16 running back for me this week. So I, I think you get him in your lineups. I think you're going to see him catching the ball a lot, and I really want to see how he matches up on uh, some of these linebackers. And the Saints just got Kiko Alonso. So you're looking at Demario Davis, Anzalone, and Kiko Alonso. I, I think uh, I think you're going to have to see Houston find a way to get Duke Johnson the ball in space and matched up on some of those linebackers. Let's move on to it. Broncos Raiders last game of the year. Um, it's you know I always feel like these wet these West Coast games on Monday nights are kind of boring um, just because there's always like a, a 49ers or a Raiders on the other side of things. Um, so I guess we can start with the Broncos. Um, man, I just Scott. It it. I mean. Is it just really for me? It's just Philip Lindsay who's going to warrant a wide receiver, a running back two-ish slash running back three kind of ranking this week to where you're going to start him this week, right? I think Philip Lindsay is the only guy in that lineup you can start. For me, he's a questionable flex play, so he he's not something somebody that I've been comfortable drafting all year long. We we know that that. Denver wants a, a a receiving running back. That's that's look. You're talking Devonte Booker, Theo Riddick. That's that's guys that they they kind of tended to in that role. I think they're going to roll Royce Freeman out there, and I think you're going to see him get 50 percent of of that early down work. So it's really going to be a question to me in this game. And we're not talking about a game that has a a huge point total. Uh, it's a pick 'em game with uh, both teams uh, looking to score right around 21, 22 points. So over and under set under 44. Um, so I, look, I, it, it's not a game I'm excited about from players on both sides of the ball. If, if, if I had to throw a dart at one of these guys, maybe Philip Lindsay, but he's not somebody I drafted. So he's not on any of my rosters to have to worry about. Um, Oakland Raiders. It's we're going to run Josh Jacobs out. I'm interested to see, how he does. I think he's definitely a start for everybody. Is there really anyone else, Scott, that you're looking at? Look, I like Josh Jacobs. Like I, I think Antonio Brown's gonna smash and you're gonna see him double digit targets easily in this game. Uh, I think, you know, all the hype and hard knocks and all of that. Uh, I think an- Antonio Brown they're gonna make it a point to to go ahead and get him as many targets as he can handle within this game. The interesting play for me, and he's kind of been interesting all year long, but I think Darren Waller is in a good spot here in, in week one. If you're streaming tight end position, I think he's definitely in play for that. You start looking at some of the linebackers here, and none of them really concern you when it comes to to you know matching up on, on the tight end. So Von Miller is an edge rusher. He's definitely going to be be getting after the passer. Bradley Chubb's the same thing. But you're talking about guys like Jolie, Josie Jewell and like Callahan and you know some other guys. Cliff Harris is, is I mean Harris, the defensive back for the Broncos, is 
probably going to end up matched up on on, on Tyrell Williams. So I, I think Darren Waller, from a matchup standpoint within this game, has some sneaky upside and could definitely outperform where his rank is for this week. So you you bring up Darren Waller. Um, I think I think that's something that we should let people know about. Tell me, tell me if if I'm wrong here. I drafted Eric Ebron first league of the year. I drafted. I had. I got Eric Ebron. Darren Waller. I picked Darren Waller up immediately. Uh, Darren Waller seems to be the guy to go after if you drafted Eric Ebron. And I'm not, we're not trying to make an Ebron joke, but that's because Waller's going to be on the waivers in a lot of leagues, and he really was one of the most hyped player in the NFL out of training camp. He was getting a lot of rave reviews. Yeah, I, I have Darren Waller as my tight end 10 this week. So I have him ahead of Austin Hooper, ahead of Mark Andrews, and ahead of Eric Ebron. So if you're one of those guys that got Ebron and is kind of stuck with him and you're feeling like you don't know what to do, uh, I think Darren Waller is a guy you definitely go after. Look, uh, I have him as, as a tight end one on, on the week. So go ahead and play him. I, I think the upside's there for him definitely to outperform his ADP. Well, that'll do it. Let's go straight into our smash plays of the week. So we're going to name one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, and one tight end. That we think is just going to blow up. It's really almost kind of like our start of the week. Um, We might overlap on these. And I personally, I'm in the camp of thinking that that's fine. I think it just kind of reemphasizes that if you got that guy, ride him hard. Uh, Quarterback, Scott, who you got as your smash play? Look, for me, uh, I talked about him a little a little earlier. You're a little bit lower on him, but I think uh, I think Russell Wilson's in a good position this week. I know we weren't, like, hugely high on him as far as, like, overall. I, I just think the talent's there. It's a good spot week one against, uh, against Cincinnati, so he's a guy that I'm kind of all in for on week one. I think he'll, he'll go ahead and outperform where he's ranked this week. I like Lamar Jackson this week at quarterback. We talked about him earlier. I have him as my quarterback five. Um, I think I just I really envision a lot of rush attempts. I envision them kind of letting him fly, um, at least letting the ball fly from the from the passing perspective. Um, so I just really like Lamar this week. I think that's a game where there's really no way that they lose. I think their defense is is great. Their defense is going to stop a, a a Miami Dolphins offense that is really just just non-existent so like Lamar Lamar this week I think where you got him you're gonna have him um is your quarterback too do not be afraid to start him as your quarterback one this week uh running back Scott who you got look I talked about him in a, that Saints Houston matchup but uh Duke Johnson on uh fantasy pros is currently ranked as the uh running back 26 on the week I have him in, in the top 16 running backs, I think he's going to get all the volume that he can handle, especially in that passing game. Uh, I think that's just going to be a shootout there in, in week one between New Orleans and Houston. So, look, when, when we're talking about smash plays, I'm talking about running backs that are going to outperform, you know, their, 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 their rank on the week by at least five positions. In this case, I have Duke Johnson ranked 10 spots ahead of uh, what the Fantasy Pros ADP is. I mean, ranking. Chris Carson for me, I think he is just going to be a top five running back, and I think where we drafted him as a as a as a twenty-ish running back, I think Carson is going to dominate this weekend. I know it's hard to predict two touchdowns, but again, I think Seattle could put up a lot of points, and I think Chris Carson could find his way in the end zone because of that. So I really like Carson this week. Um, he's going to be in running back one. Uh, I really think it's a lock. I think you could see Penny get work, but again, they love Chris Carson. They want to win their first game of the year. I just I love Carson. I love all the Chris Carson. Um, wide receiver, Scott, who you got? 
Oh, for me, it's an easy one, man. I like D.D. Westbrook this week against Kansas City. We talked about the matchup and the scoring that's going to go on. I, I think Nick Foles and, and the way he operates within that that offense, I think, is is going to set up nicely for D.D. Westbrook. That Kansas City defense doesn't scare scare anybody. And I think I think you're just going to see a, a lot of volume go D.D. Westbrook's way. So he is in a smash spot here week one. He will be in all of my lineups. Um I think Fantasy Pros has him as the wide receiver 27 ranked on the week. I have him higher than that. I think he is a, a middle to upper tier wide receiver two for the week. So, he, you know, he's a guy that was kind of going in, in the eighth, ninth round and early on in, in draft season. I, I saw him start to creep up into into the middle of the sixth round in a lot of drafts. So he's a guy that I'm super hyped on here in week one. I'm going Kenny Galladay. I think, you know, you said you have him around your wide receiver 17 or 16. I think that's fair, uh, but I think he's got huge boom potential this this week against the Cardinals. There's no Patrick Peterson, a bad Cardinals defense. And then on the flip side of it, I think it's totally in the realm of possibility that the Cardinals put up some points and they make it a game. And if the Cardinals make it a game, that means Galladay's got a lot of opportunities to, to catch some passes. So, I really like Kenny Galladay this week, wide receiver two with that wide receiver one upside. I really think he does have the potential to find the end zone once and catch six plus passes for 100 yards. Um, tight end, Scott, I know it's hard to predict. It's kind of more of a dart throw when we go smash play of the week here with tight end. But who do you like at the tight end position? Hey, I talked about him in bold predictions. Right now, TJ Hawkinson's ranked. 18th among tight ends on week one. I, I think he will go ahead and smash that against uh, the Arizona defense that I don't think will be able to cover him. I, I think he's good for a, a tight end. I, 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 look, I think I think he's going to get an end zone this week. I don't know how else to say it. Top 10 tight end. You know, I, I think that's what he's gonna gonna go ahead and be this week. I think you'll see him as a, a tight end one on your plays. So with him being ranked tight end 18, I think it's an easy easy smash play for me and go ahead and 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 push that tj hawkinson button i'll get him in lineups and rosters that i have him in we just talked about him i like darren waller this week i think he's he's free right now he's on waivers in a lot of leagues you drafted him late um i think he's a guy who's going to outperform where he's been picked up slash drafted so i like darren waller this week i i I, I'm, i'm buying into the hype i like tyra williams a lot but I, I just there's not a lot in that in that Raiders passing offense, and I think we could see Waller be that safety valve for Derek Carr, and I think we'll finally kind of get the vibe of what his role is going to be in that offense. Is the hype for real? Is it not? So I like Waller this week. I think he's a good play. I think you have a lot of tight ends who are going into matchups who they might not be that productive, um, and so I like Waller this week. I agree with Scott. He's going to be a top tight end for me this week, and. Uh, He's the play. I think he's the move, especially saying that you can get him off waivers. I picked him up off waivers yesterday in the league. So Darren Waller's my pick there. Um, any other positions, Scott, before we head out, just to let people know of who you think's in for a big week, who they might not be thinking of? No, I mean, I, look, I, I think a no-brainer. I'm not a fan of, of defense special teams. And in the leagues that we play in, we, we kind of cut out kickers and defenses. But if you're in one of those leagues, I think Philadelphia is a no-brainer against the Washington Redskins uh, this week. I think they're the top defense that I have on, on the week. So if you're in one of those positions, go ahead and, and get them into the lineups. And, and look, just you're, you're not going to be disappointed. I promise you that. Expect some turnovers and maybe even a touchdown there for uh, Philadelphia. Well, Scott, 
we're back, man. We uh, we're kind of back on the railroad right here, um, ready to get things rolling. Um, man, I just I'm excited for it. Uh, I hope you're as excited uh, for all this football as I am. Yeah, man, I, I'm super excited. Look, I, I know we're a new podcast and everything, and we don't have the 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 flashiest uh, names with neon lights bouncing out as to who we are. But look, go ahead and give us a listen, give us a follow, and you know, give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. If there's something you want to see, um, Andrew talked about it. He'll be at the Saints game, so he'll be a little bit out of commission. I'm actually gonna miss the first home game of the year for uh, the saints and the season tickets that I have, but I will be active on Twitter. So you can hit us up at uh, four downs pod on Twitter. I'm more than happy to give any uh, start sit questions, uh, answer and any issues that you're having as far as tough decisions for week one. Um, And, and during the week, if you've got any questions, go ahead and interact with us, give us a follow on Twitter, or you can hit us up at either one of our uh, personal Twitter accounts. Mine is at S Smith FF on Twitter. Andrew. Yeah, and like Scott said, just look, anything you need from us, just hit us up on Twitter. I mean, this is recommendations, start sits, waiver questions, just anything. We're really happy to help, guys. Uh, You know, like Scott said, we're just trying to get things rolling. We're ready to go, and look, it's going to be a big week one. We're excited. We know you're excited. So just good luck in your leagues, and we will see you next week for the waiver wire run. Roll another one cause I'm winning In my photo, looking real photogenic Gentleman attire and threads that won't expire I'm in a class of my own, my teacher got fired Money getting low, pussy rate keep rising Versace outfit cost me 3000 From the pea houses, did it from the wheat hours Selling that chicken, no lemon pepper, no sweet and sour First you get the power, then you get respect I'm getting so much money, I can buy your bitch Take it how you wanna, if you wanna take it I like clubs where all the women working naked Fell in love with a waitress, what the fuck I'm thinking Bought that whole ring, it was for a pinky uh, That's pimping, that's slick Got a bottle of cologne that cost more than your rent Y'all mad at me, folk. Got a black card and a black phantom with a white bitch in Idaho. I do the same thing as Got a thick bitch in Atlanta. Got a red bone in the shot. Got two chains, they two tone, 200 racks, no lie. Ale Bumbaye, Ale Bumbaye. I'm about to rumble in the jungle in these new Kanye's. Ale Bumbaye, Ale Bumbaye. My lawyer threw them gloves on and beat another case Fuck y'all mad at me, folks. cause my belt got two G's on it Her bag got two C's on it, my daughter stroller got D's on it Whoa, free big meat, free boosty and see murder Like New Orleans, like Baltimore, come to Compton, you'll see murders And my ARC murders, that's beef, nigga, no burgers I'm insane and you Usain, nigga, better turn on them burgers Got coke swimming in that glass jar, bitch, go turn on them burners Got dope to sell in this hotel, no half price, no retail You a bitch nigga, no female, I smack niggas, freeware I'm on the block like D12, I got the white, no D12 Like a little nigga in Africa, I was born tough in that K And that's real shit, no Will Smith and no known the gay But they yelling, Ale Bumbaye, Ale Bumbaye Thank God that a nigga seen another day Ale Bumbaye, Ale Bumbaye Got a chopper and a fucking let him spray. I take my case to trial. Hire the dream team. 
Robbie Kardashian, Johnny Cochran, I seen things I dream big, I think sharp And hell smoke, Hawaiian tree bark Humble yourself, you not a G, keep it one with yourself Running niggas for help, favors, I keep one on the shelf I got rifles with lasers, swing it just like the majors Hit you right above navel, now you swimming in pavement Gold medals on my neck, I call it Michael Phelps Hoes selling for less, I call them bottom shelf Niggas tough on them blogs and never did nothing at all On the road to the richest bitches, not tagging along Bless his ass in the thong, hit that ass and I'm gone Disrespect my nigga boss and I'm flashing the chrome I'm waving the tech, titty spraying the Mac Extend those in the back on the lap I got a bitch that look like Layla Ali sitting in my lap Got a call from skateboard, pick him up and lack Speaking skateboards, where tune at? Fuck with him, I break a skateboard on a nigga back Two chains Skateboard on a nigga track No lie, no lie, already got a black Mama got a house, daughter got accounts Just to think a nigga like me started with an ounce Bad bitches and deep boys, we bring them out If them niggas pussy, we dush them, we clean them out this the voice of ghetto intelligence If you got work, go to work Don't work at your residence For presidents, work to Muhammad That triple beam is heaven sent Riding through the jungles in that motherfucking elephant That's a great ghost With them ears on it Swimming through the hood like it got fins on it You know I got that work on the foaming grill Waiting motherfuckers in, made another meal Got a nigga feeling like Cassius Clay Thriller in Manila, nigga want it Whoop his ass today Ale Bumbaye, Ale Bumbaye Thank God that nigga seen another day Ale Bumbaye, Ale Bumbaye Got a chopper and a bottle, fucking let him spray That's what I just picked up. Hey, my fucking Jesus peace. Hey, 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 nigga, nigga, look at your boy. Look at your boy. Hey, nigga, look, look, real quick, real quick. Look at Jesus' eyes, though. Nigga, they got diamonds in. Nigga, iced out. Nigga, iced out Jesus' face on these bitches, nigga. Hey, don't ever question my religion. I just put 50 stacks on Jesus' face out here, nigga. You see it? Hey, 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 real quick, real quick. Look at his headband. Oh! Nigga, look at, look at your boy, nigga. Hey, nigga, I put the fucking rubies around a nigga fucking joint, nigga. Joe, chill. Here come Kanye. Shut up. Don't. Let me turn my piece around.